welcome to a look over the podcast. I'm your host Abdullah, and with me today is Reba Burr. How you doing, Reba? Hi, Abdullah. I'm doing pretty fine. Boy, this has been a crazy week to say the least. It, it has. So I I have a question first because we're just meeting right now. You oh. live in Kuwait. <laughs> First time someone's flipped it on me. <laughs> okay. I'm flipping it. I'm yes, I'm flipping it because I don't know you yet. So I need to. You, I think you probably know more about me just because you know what I do for a living. I don't know anything about you. Oh boy. Well, I mean, it's it's good because you know every episode is someone's first episode, as they say. So, mm-hmm. um, well, you so know. So tell tell me, you live in Kuwait, but you definitely have an American accent. So are you okay, born in America? So... So here's the here's the origin story on that, and I've told this many times, but you know it's a fun one. But uh, you know I was born here, and um, I grew up watching a lot of, you know, because after the Gulf War there was this whole, you know, uh, America's so great, America's wonderful movement, that we got like a bunch of you know American shows imported during the 90s. And mm-hmm. they weren't dubbed or anything like that. They were like in complete English, and that's how I learned to speak English because I used to watch like a lot of these, you know, cartoons and and, and Fresh Prince and and stuff like that. And and I just had assumed that that's how people who spoke English talked, like in in, in American English, and that's how we you know you pick up the accent. But then it wasn't until like years later do you find out about like British dialects, German dialects, you know, Italian dialects, you know, all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. So, so you've never lived in the United States? No, I have not. And oh and, my gosh, and, you have and such an American-sounding accent. I know, I know, but it, but it, but it sounds like nothing. It's it's an American accent, but it sounds like nothing. It's like generic Johnny Cop or whatever. <laughs> Like Johnny down the street. <laughs> Generic Johnny down the street is exactly what you want to sound like when you're trying to just do American. Because then you don't get, you're not in a box. Yeah, but then again, like I know a lot of people tell me like, oh, it's so great you learned English. But I'm like, it's American English. American English is easy. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. If I had learned like, Good. you know, in British English and if I developed like a dead on British accent, That'd be more impressive, I think, because I've, I've. Do you think? Yeah, because I I've. Know. Because I've, I've actually heard people who have developed like, you know, dead-on British accents who, you know, who are from the Middle East, and I'm like, that's impressive. That's honestly impressive. So you are a Kuwaiti young man who is watching the American election this week and and watching how insanely oh close it is and how important it is. Oh man, I mean. You know, it's 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 so weird. <laughs> it's so weird because cause, um, you know, I remember what was it? I think was it was it Tuesday? Like it started out really bad, and then out of nowhere, it like just became too close for comfort. And the fact that it's too close for comfort just boggles my mind, to be quite honest. Because yes, I know exactly how you feel. It. It's like exactly 50% of America still thinks that, I mean, getting political is maybe going to make some of your listeners mad. I don't know. No, I don't care at this point. Like, honestly, it's like, (laughs) you know, fuck it. I don't care. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think uh, you can probably imagine what my political leanings are as an actress living in a coastal city in America. Most my the generalization would be correct for me that I am a Democrat. 
a liberal Democrat. So I just can't believe that 50% of the country still really likes Donald Trump and wants him to be in charge. No, that's what shocks me is like after the way they handled the COVID situation and all those deaths, you would think like maybe people would like say, hey, voting a second term for this guy isn't a good idea. But nope. Uh uh-uh. Yeah, I think um, his handling of COVID is probably one of the reasons they love him the most is because uh, people really want to keep their businesses open and they really want to be able to send their kids to school, regardless of whether or not it's the safe thing to do. So they see, they feel like he's the only way they're going to be able to do that. And that's that's the only thing that seems important to them, because if they can't do those things, they can't make money to live. And that's, that is scary. Isn't capitalism so great? <laughs> it's so great, right? <laughs> Socialism, that's terrible. What a terrible thing. No, but I mean, it's so weird because, you know, again, I'm not a fan of the other guy. I think he's like, you know, you know, the policies he's running on aren't that better. I mean, it's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to say, OK, this guy's a little less shit than the current guy. You know, Absolutely. He's less shit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's he's 100% less shit. I mean, he's not good, but like, come on. (laughs) Like right now, you kind of need, like right now you need someone who isn't a complete fucking maniac in office. Like you just, you kind of need that right now. Like right now you kind of need that. And, and I just think that, I mean, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think the reason like it's, it's mind boggling because I looked at the numbers and it's like, you know, Trump is more popular than he was in 2016. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. America loves this shit. This is what angers me is like, they love the, the, the reality TV show host pretending to be to be a president you know they they love this shit and i'm and 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 they're just like voting voting on it because that's this is what they are like this is what they they think is entertaining and 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 it's just become a complete you know shit show and 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 i'm not saying i mean the other side ain't that fucking great you know as well because you know the fact that the democrats couldn't even like gain control of the senate was just (laughs) i'm feeling really embarrassed right now that you are so well versed on american politics and i don't even know what who run like what the government in kuwait is like at all like i don't even know if it's a president or a prime minister or Uh, i mean it's it's a weird god the system here is like way worse way worse it's like yeah we have like we're ruled by a sheik but like we have a parliament and we gotta vote in like mps and stuff it's all a mess and parliament doesn't get anything is is like is that kind of separate I mean, basically, I I mean, basically, you have like a a ruling family, but like you still have like a parliament government, which is weird. (laughs) Does the sheik? We're all going to learn something right now. No, I mean, the sheik has the fine. Like, he has the fine. The queen doesn't do anything. No, no, but the sheik make decisions. yeah, Yeah. He does. Okay. And unfortunately, like, the last one passed away, and, and he was, like, the last hope that we had of a, of a good, like, sheik in my lifetime. What was his name? Oh, God, I forgot his name. I mean, you can look at this, look and look this up, but, you know, he I'm passed. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm hoping against hope that I at least recognize the name, because, I, you know, Americans are such... Uh. We, we don't think anything else <laughs> is worth paying attention to, and it's so embarrassing. No, no, I mean... Everybody like... speaks more languages, and... 
No, no, I mean, like, the point is, I don't want to, you know, get, get too too political, because I think, like, a lot of listeners have already turned this off by now, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah this is the most miserable thing to listen yeah, to right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, but, but the point is, is, like, like, don't think the situation here is any better. If anything, it's worse here, because, like, the, the last guy died, and his replacement is very controversial. He's a complete, you know, you know, he's, he's a very polarizing figure, and there's, like, you know... There's a whole controversy about who's going to be the next leader, and it's just, oh, it's a mess right now. Oh. And, par- and Parliament is, in, is atrocious right now. Like, the, the way they handled COVID was atrocious. We were, like, on lockdown, then total lockdown, and then, you know, we did the whole phases thing, and, and they threatened us with, like, hey, if you don't, if you guys don't comply with the rules we set for you, we're going to go back to total lockdown. Turns out that was a lie. <laughs> And now we're we're at that point where we're just like sticking our f- fingers in our ears, pretending like COVID isn't isn't an issue anymore. It's just like, okay. yeah, I mean, it's just something you live with now. And I'm like, Super okay, similar to America. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, great, great. And you know, I just I'm so tired of everything right now. Like, I I, I am so so tired of like ev- like incompetence like you, you look at this and you wonder like how are these people allowed to to make the big decisions to to affect our all our lives like i i really have to wonder yeah i i agree i, I mean it's I just i don't have an answer no i mean because here it was like awful because like and this is going to sound depressing but it's true like when we went on to total lockdown there were a lot of areas that were under complete lockdown like they couldn't get in and out of their areas and like a lot of people were just stuck there with no food for for a month and that was just like horrifying just, no food yeah and like no food like the only food they had was like you know government government mandated like you know food lines and and like the local shops at, in there in those areas like if you had like one local shop in your area that's it that's where your entire food supply comes from. Oh, because they shut down yeah, delivering, it, yeah. restocking the food. Yeah, and and you had like there was a video that that was uploaded. Someone uploaded a video of like all this fresh, you know, all these fre- fresh vegetables just sitting around, you know, with with a with a sign saying "Go back to the farm." And I'm like, why are you sending this back to the farm? It's fresh. Like, you know, why not send it to people who need it? Just, Ooh. just, absolute, yeah, that was poor planning. Yeah, just absolutely disgusting and fucking atrocious. Just absolutely disgusting. Like, the fact that they had this, you know, these entire fresh vegetables and they had to send them back because, well, no one, well, because everything was under total lockdown and no one was allowed to buy anything. It wasn't going to get delivered. Yeah. And they shut down delivery, you know, food delivery. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's cool to hear about, um, you know, the experience halfway across the world and how it's so similar in so many ways. No, I mean, it was like we handled this terribly. Let no one tell you different. Like, we handled it here very atrociously. Very atrociously. I don't care. Like, you know, I don't care if this, you know, gets me in trouble. But we handled it, we handled it like, very, very, um, very poorly. And it's just, like, what what can you do? Like, what can you do at this point? As a citizen? Not much. No. Like, what can you do except, like, just try to, to not go up to the tallest building you can find and just scream your lungs out? Also an option, I guess. Yeah. Nobody's going to stop you from screaming. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just horrible. Like, you know, the, that month that we were under, like, total lockdown, everyone was just, like, literally stuck at home, and the only time you could leave was for a medical emergency or for food. That was it. 
like it was one of the worst months of my my life because like it was a total lockdown you could not go anywhere <laughs> you just couldn't yeah that was a really scary time because we didn't we weren't used to it so it felt really intense whereas now if you told me i had to stay home for a month i'm so used to it that it probably wouldn't phase me at all but back then it it felt like this was such a dramatic change such a bad change that that this must be real suffering um but we've adapted we've all adapted you and i both i'm sure are both a lot better at spending a lot of time at home now and not seeing too many people. I mean, that's that's the whole lesson I, I've learned from this whole experience is like you have to adapt or die. Like there is no... And we do. As the human race, we always do. We adapt. Like there is no other choice. Like right now, I'm like everything sucks, but kind of need to push forward. And, you know, I, I do this show because this is the only thing that keeps me fucking sane these days. <laughs> Well, good. It's a creative outlet. It's social. It's it's kind of funny because like a year ago, it was much easier to get a hold of guests a year ago and back when everyone was busy and everyone like, you know, had a semblance of a schedule. But nowadays, it's just like, fuck it. <laughs> it's free for all. <laughs> yeah, we've got time. At least I do. I mean, like some people like have a lot of time and I kind of wonder like, you know, if you have time to like tweet shit for like what an hour or so, or like write write really long tweets, like why can't you just you know talk for for like a couple you know come on this show or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> here we are. I'm being bitter now. <laughs> <laughs> I've given you everything and you've given me nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, so what, what made you want to reach out to me? Well, guess which show I've been watching under quarantine. <sighs> I guess which one I quarantine. I'm going to guess maybe ascendance of a bookworm. Nope. Nope. Okay. Now I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I guessed wrong. I thought, well, maybe that's like the, the heartwarmingest one. No, I had to go for the weirdest one. You, you know, weirdest the one, one. I'm, <laughs> you know, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Gungale Online? No. <laughs> no. Weird. What's the weirdest one? It's going to like be so obvious to me when you say it. Nick, oh, Doro Hidoro. Yeah. Oh, my God. Obviously the weirdest <laughs> one. Yes. <laughs> Definitely the weirdest one. I. It's It's interesting because, I mean, this is like the first anime I've watched like in, in full for like a year because I'm I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like... <laughs> I'm at that point where I swear to God I'm getting older and I, and I don't know what the fuck anime is anymore. <laughs> but but I'm like okay, I got nothing better to do. This show probably isn't gonna be my cup of tea. I'm probably gonna hate it, but whatever. And I watched it and I'm like, this is weird. And I honestly don't know if I like it or not because it's just it's a beautiful mess. It really is. <laughs> It's a beautiful... It is. I, I deeply appreciate how creative it is. And when I watch animation in general, that's what I'm really hoping to see, which is why I love... Uh, oh, God. I'm. Ugh. Who makes who makes My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away and... Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Yeah. That, not because I don't know who it is. I just... Ugh, I couldn't, couldn't think of the name. Um, you know, they, they use the animation... 
which is means you can draw anything and then they draw literally anything like the most creative shit and they do that in Doro Hidoro too and I just love that no because I read I mean it's funny because I did research on the manga because I'm like okay they're probably not gonna cover everything because nowadays animes are done in seasons and they don't cover anything it's not like the old days when if you you just got like one anime adaptation and that was it you didn't get a season two or three or whatever no I think we're getting a season two at least of this one. I mean, I that's not me confirming anything. Just the way they left the end. Yeah, because and 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 there's like a lot of other stuff that happened in the manga that um that <laughs> that uh needs to be addressed. So And maybe I also heard they were making it in Japan, but this is not me saying that any I'm working on anything or anybody's approached me or anything. Yeah, because you guys don't know anything and you know, you're just you're just brought in to dub it. You're just like, "Hey, here's $75 right. to dub <laughs> to dub this shit." <laughs> Well, um, yes, although uh, Doro Hidoro is, if we're going to talk, you know, money and contracts, Doro Hidoro is under the new SAG Netflix agreement because it is on Netflix. So anything that we dub on Netflix is now union and pays a higher rate than that, which is really excellent. I mean, that's cool to hear, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not, not it's, it's like, I don't think it's like insane amounts it's just like hey you know you get like bumped no, it's up just to... <laughs> a, it's just a little bit more it's yeah. not it's nothing insane so you're absolutely right it's it's once dubbing actors are still not you know laughing all, all the way to the bank but um i am very glad for that change because it's only about a year old and uh our my goal is to hopefully have live in a world where all the work i do is union and under similar contracts like that because then i and get health insurance, which in America you have to, uh, you know, luck into making enough money through your union or having a full-time employer, which none of us voice actors do, in order to have health insurance. Yeah, because there's no so. ex- there's no exclusivity deal. Like you're not like you don't see like ah uh, uh, Kari Walgren signed exclusively with whatever so and so, and she's like exclusively and and so and so actress. None of that. <laughs> Right. No, the studio system is, uh, I think that died in the 30s or 40s. Nobody's just working for Crunchyroll or just working for Anaplex or anything like that. We are, we work for everybody. Yeah, it's just so weird because, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I, I remember like, um, I was on a stream and I was like in, in the chat and, and someone was talking about like going to Texas to do like um, to pursue a voiceover career in anime. And I'm like, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you do know, like I was like, you do know it doesn't pay a lot. And he's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, it's a living. And and he was talking about like, well, I want to work for this company, that company. And I'm like, you do realize that, you know, there is no exclusivity deal with these companies. Right. You don't like you're not going to be like, oh, I'm signed exclusively for to Sentai Frameworks and I'm just going to dub like any show that, that they're doing because that's not how it works. No, but I, I know exactly why he wanted to do that because it's his dream. And uh, Funimation in Texas is a, a great place to start your anime journey because they do dub a great deal of anime. So if you're there and you're good which I'm sure he is, uh, then he will be fairly busy. Probably still have to have another job on this side, but, uh, you know, getting to work in something he's always wanted to work in. So that's why 
it's certainly worth it for him to go there. And then after that, he'll come to L.A. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, I don't like this misconception of like people thinking like y you can just like work for the dubbing company you prefer because at the end of the day, you know, they're just, uh, they're just, they just like license the anime. They're not like exclusively, you know, there's no exclusivity deal with them. You know, you couldn't. Uh... You're you're the boss. They're not the boss. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they're just licensing. They're not like ah, we we talked to the original creators in Japan and there we signed like a ten year agreement with them and we're the only ones to and we get to pick the cast and all that shit. I mean that's not that's not how it works, you know. Um, yeah, that is how it works. No, uh... I mean I mean in terms of like you know booking, like they don't like have final say when it comes to you know um who they pick for for these roles i mean they don't have like a specific group of people signed to an exclusive contract with them that they that they pick from is, right. is, is what i'm saying they, yes um yes <laughs> or maybe it's uh sort of talking around the same thing and about this you know about the same thing but in different ways you know that you know this is a great episode when I'm talking about the business side of the of the uh, voiceover, <laughs> which which is something I rarely talk about. But fuck it, <laughs> I'm 187 episodes in. You knew this was coming, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing this very consistently for quite a while now. Yeah, I know it's scary how consistent it is, but like, and and it's it's weird because I I remember like talking to a, a friend of mine about. You know, I listened to her. She was like on a, web, a free webinar a couple months ago, and and I listened to it on, on a, like a Zoom webinar, talking about the business side of things. And 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 I sent her like a DM on Twitter saying, you know, I I really don't like talking about the business side of things because it's just so boring. But uh, I I like listening to you talk about it because you're entertaining. Oh, so there you go. That's great. <laughs> yeah, some people can make anything fun. Yeah, and I know, like, you know, people don't tune into the show to hear me talk about, like, work rates and pay, pay, and, and like, finding work in, in a struggling, in a struggling economy, <laughs> you know, health insurance. So what do they tune in for? I mean, anything, like, creating characters, um, the process, I guess, who's your favorite character, mm -hmm. you know, talking about the franchise in general, I don't know. Tight, tight. Yeah. We can do that then. We'll we'll do it. We're gonna we're gonna make make the fans happy. No, but I mean, I, I mentioned like you know that anime because this is again this is like the first anime I watched like all the way through, and I'm just still confused as to what the fuck I just watched. I'm still trying to process it. To be quite honest, I'm just like, do 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 the people who who recorded knew what they were going into, or were they just like, oh, you know, whatever. We kind of did because a lot of us, not I, had not read the manga, but or uh, no, some people had actually watched it in Japanese already. I think. Um, I know in particular Ben Diskin, um, was like <laughs> he loved Doro Hidoro already and was just begging for it to be dubbed and then when he got to you know be in it too uh that was like a total dream come true so people were waiting for this anime to come down the dub pipeline there was anticipation and it's a good dub like honestly it's Thank a you. it's a good dub i don't i understand it's you know controversial to to say like you know anything nice about the english dub because of you know weebs and shit but um no i mean i thought it was a good dub 
Yeah, all things considered. There, there will always be people who <laughs> prefer to hear the original Japanese and read the subtitles, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. And there will be people who prefer to hear the dub so they can play on their phone while they watch. <laughs> and uh, I would be one of those people because I, I do play solitaire on my phone while I watch TV. <laughs> no, because I, it's it's not because I didn't want to read the subtitles. It's because I'm just curious, like how they were going to tackle it, because. You know, it looked like a weird show, and I'm kind of like, okay, how does this translate well into English? That's what I'm. That's also a really valid point. I don't mean to say that the English performances and the English writing don't matter. They we we put a lot of work into um, making it translate really well to an American audience and to translate everything that's sort of expressed into American vernacular without losing story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. And and there wasn't like that whole point where okay this is gonna sound like a very controversial opinion but I I hate when like I I really hate when localizers like you know English localizers try to mm-hmm. sneak try to sneak in like um, American pop culture references and into English dubs of Japanese shows because I'm like oh, you only did that because you 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 only did that because it's it was a it was a pop culture reference that was you know that Americans were gonna get. Because Americans are too stupid to get Japanese <laughs> references. Yeah, that's a really tough call that we actually, while we're dubbing, often we wrestle with. Because, you know, they write the script, but sometimes we change it a little bit on the day because either you say it and you realize it doesn't line up correctly with the mouth flaps, or you just, between the actor and the director, you're kind of like, that, that doesn't seem right. I think we need to fix it. And say it's a Japanese or any other country super local reference a grocery store that nobody in america has heard of or um a a saying like an idiom that we don't say in america like you know that that looks like two donkeys on a on a turtle's back and that like totally means something there then it's like do we change it to something that's american and kind of similar or do you keep what was originally intended and I think a lot of the times we do end up changing it to something that's American but similar. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's fine, but I'm just like, I don't like them throwing in, like, a random pop culture reference just for the sake of it. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a pop culture reference. I wonder, do you mean, like, mentioning, like, a like a current celebrity? Yeah, or... like a celebrity or, like, a TV show or, like, an American TV show or whatever. Yeah, that sounds and, like that would be and jarring like, and take you out of the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, you know, why do you do this? Like, why, why do you do this? Like, it's, it's. I understand, like, it's a, it's a quote, you know, you're, it's a quote unquote comedy anime, but at the same time, you kind of, you know, write better jokes. Is there something in Doro Hidoro like that? No, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying, like, in in terms of like, you know, one of the things that bugs me about. They're trying to punch up the humor in a, yeah, in a yeah. funny show. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the things that I don't like about like localization nowadays is like them throwing in like random pop culture references. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, if the if the if it's an anime that's like set in in like a Western hemisphere, that I can mm-hmm. un- that I can totally like understand that but if it's like if it's set in japan and like if it's set in like feudal japan why are they mentioning you know american pop culture references that don't exist that wouldn't exist for another thousand years you're right that would be completely insane yeah to do that 
Yeah, it's like I and even if it's a fantasy anime, it's just like uh, it's real push. I promise you, if I was dubbing that show, I would catch it and I would say to the director, "We need to change it," because I often do that. <laughs> Sometimes oh. it slows down the dubbing process. I'm like, this sentence, this sentence doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. <laughs> no, because and, uh, uh, because dubbing is like, it's it's hard for some people because you, you only got like a, a couple seconds to do like the mouth flaps and that's it. That's it. You're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can try again if it doesn't go well, but um, we strive to get it right on the first try. And we often do, the more you practice, the better you get at it. And I, and I think like, um, dubbing is a good way to cut your teeth into the business because it teaches you how to create characters on the spot. It teaches you like how to, you know, how to record in, in a short amount of time. And, you know, it just teaches you the basics. And I think that's, absolutely, it's how I started. And I think that's why you see a lot of people who were, you know, again, I know it's hard to believe but it's true. People like Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, and, and Troy Baker were once, you know, struggling actors in Texas doing Funimation dubs back in the day, you know, 10 years ago. And now look at them. Like, they're mm-hmm. like they're like superstar royalty. Like, they're like, the, yes. they're like the main event when it comes to, you know, voiceover people. <laughs> Me next, hopefully. Can I please be superstar royalty? Thank you. <laughs> But but I mean it's you 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 understand like the but the, my my point is like even the biggest stars nowadays start off in small in small roles and they cut their teeth into anime and and that's how you build your fan base up and sometimes you either like continue to do anime or you move on to Western animation and other stuff and or do a mixture of both. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um the one of the most important things about being a professional voice actor is being uh not just talented, but also professional and efficient. And uh, you are going to have a long career in this business if you have those things. And a great way to cultivate your professionalism and your efficiency is yeah to do something that's more accessible that gives you more time behind the microphone like dubbing does which is um definitely how i learned and plus it's like i think a lot another reason like people are turned off with english dubs for animes because everyone talks in that um in that dubbed way where it's like in that anime performance way you you know what i'm talking about where it's like you know what you're talking about (laughs) i think um uh yeah i in in a way it's it's because we're hearing the Japanese performance and that the different um, cadence of the way they speak. I think also the diff- you know, you're matching a, sometimes a very unexpressive face. <laughs> like either in, in anime, often it's like either we're so expressive that our eyeballs are liter- literally coming out of our head or a lot of times, especially with girl characters, they're just, they're, their face isn't moving. And so um, you don't get the highs and lows of American speech in there is easily because it just doesn't feel like it fit um and then it sounds really anime so you always have to be fighting against that and sometimes you just forget to <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and that's and they what... also don't have time to perfect each one so if you you know let's be honest we're doing it very quickly because there's not enough money to put in the huge amount of effort to get each line really perfect so if you nailed the timing but maybe not the performance sometimes they won't even give you a chance to change it unless you really beg them so that that also results in that anime sound yeah and and i can tell like you know the english 
some of the English cast members are trying their hardest to emulate the Japanese performance because yeah, because these characters are over the top and 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 they have that you know comedy Japanese way of speaking and mm-hmm. and they're and they're totally channeling that they're totally channeling that yeah in in Western animation so rarely do we like um do you watch Demon Hunter at all no. God, okay, no. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, It's on Toonami here in the States, so a lot of people saw it. And I'm, like, the tiniest little character at the end. But Alex Lee, who plays um Kaiman in Dorohidoro, also plays this character Ibisu in um Demon, Demon Hunter? Demon Slayer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Demon Slayer. And uh, it's just, like, always he gets to these, like, Why are you doing this? Why are you doing and just, you would never see that in Western animation, that crazy, crazy tantrum that they throw when they're just slightly like, you ate a bite of my sandwich! And, like, fire's coming out of their head. And, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, that's so anime to me. Yeah, even Cayman's character is pretty much anime in general because he's like, ah! He's just, like, he does, like, all the all the overselling. Oh, yeah. Everything he says is shouted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Hikaido! <laughs> I'm gonna have Goza now! <laughs> there, there's very little subtlety to uh, that lizard face man yeah yeah and 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 it's just like yeah that's not alex's performance that's kaiman yeah yeah because yeah god i mean it's just it's so weird because it's like you know he's probably like the most frat boy character in like all of anime like i've yet to find another character who who who's like i the best way i can describe him is like imagine biff tannen from the back to the future movies who had a lizard head and there you go. That's yeah, his, that's his but he, character. He cares about his friends. He's nicer than Biff. Yeah, I know, but that's like the the impression I got. Like if this was like if this if this show was made in the in the nineties, Thomas F. Wilson would have been came like hands down. I'm waiting to find out because I didn't read the manga. What Kaiman's deal is like? Oh, it's so stupid. It is just so stupid. Tell me. Where did he come from? Oh. He's a he's a serial killer who has a split personality, and both his what? personality and both That's his person and both his personalities manifested into different people. So there's another half of him. Yep. <laughs> You're blowing my mind. I would never have expected that in a million years. Oh my gosh. Oh, and Nikaido is like a demon and is like a devil. So there you go. I know that part. <laughs> Um, you, you read the wiki. You know the spoilers. No. Wait, do you mean like she ha- she's a sorcerer? No, she's or it's different she's, than that. She becomes like full on devil. So there you go. She's a devil. It really doesn't make sense to me. Yep, I told you it gets fucking dumber, and it's amazing, and I want to see more of it because mm-hmm. this is so stupid. <laughs> okay, well, season two. I really hope they're working on it right now. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, it's it's tough with Japanese shows because it's like, you don't get confirmation until, like, a trailer drops. Like, right. Because you, you, don't, you don't get a confirmation because, like, they, they usually keep everything hush-hush and, and you can look at, at, at all the news sites you want, but, like, there's very little times an official source will drop, like, hints of, of what they're working on. It's not like, oh, so-and-so saying that they're gonna is they're gonna be working on this like it's not like western animation where you you most of these people are on twitter and and you and they just like 
blurt out what they're what they're currently working on you know <laughs> i just realized we should have said spoiler alerts before we before you told me that oh people have already tuned out by now if they haven't <laughs> um okay one more question so one half of him has a lizard head what's the other half of him look like um yeah he's i don't remember his other personality's name but he's a normal generic guy so he's just go. a guy yeah Okay. And the dude we see at the end who's who's friends with the cyborg guy, that's his other personality. That's one of his personalities. That's his good half. So what was the deal with the guy in his mouth? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. I'm still asking. trying to figure that one out. Any, anything else out about the show? Like, why this? Why that? I don't know. It's Doro Hidoro. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I read like one review of the manga and someone put it out very, very well. It's like it's 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 what William S. Boros would would write if he didn't if he actually took drugs. So there you go. It's definitely drug induced. Yeah. yeah. In in the best way, though. I mean, it's it's tough because I'm, I'm trying to think hard about it. I'm like, do I like this show or not? Because. It's just like a lot of stuff that I just don't like about it. I don't like some of the slapstick humor. I don't like the fact that there's like a lot of emphasis on the slapstick and the fact that the main plot gets ignored and then isn't brought up until like towards the very end. And I'm like, that's it. (laughs) Like, why are you teasing me? (laughs) Like, why? It was a really abrupt ending. It like felt like it was really building to something crazy where I thought Nikaido was going to, you know, reveal what her deal was. And then she kind of didn't quite which is why i'm so anxiously awaiting but i think it'll come pretty fast because they they work so fast over there in japan i'm always amazed how quickly they produce these seasons i mean it's well you know i, I hate to say it but they actually take the animation more seriously than they do in, in western you know because oh, clearly <laughs> i mean the amount they produce over there is insane uh, it's, it's not like in the West where it's like, ah, anime, animation is only for children, and and if you're going to do an animated series for adults, it's got to be a comedy, got to be a comedy, because adults don't want to watch anything that's that's not a comedy. What's that, Primal? Never heard of it. Why would anyone want to watch that? <laughs> you are so right. We don't have a lot of dramatic American animated TV shows or films. All comedies for the most part have you ever seen um over the garden wall oh i love that show i love that one too like that that show like changed my life it it was so inspiring to me i watched it twice in a row oh um no now now it's kind of hard for me to go back to that show because every time i listen to 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 the little brother all i can think about is is hearing lincoln loud because he actually played Lincoln in like seasons two to to three. So is that the Loud House? Yeah, yeah. He oh, was he was one of. I Lincoln. haven't seen the Loud House. Oh, it's a great show. Well, I, I mean, auditioned for the Loud House. I would love to be on the Loud House. Oh, did you? Who did you audition for? Um. Well, I think I auditioned for the pilot, and then you know they as they make the show, they'll send out auditions for small characters that only appear you know for that episode or whatever. So I've auditioned multiple times for various roles but i could not tell you it was years ago who in the pilot i couldn't i couldn't tell you that's so crazy so you were one of the women that they called in for that audition called in is a stretch (laughs) they so when they're doing a pilot for a major network like nickelodeon or disney they cast a really wide net so usually what they do is they send the audition the character breakdown to the agents in town 
and say, pick all of the people on your roster who fit this and have them send an audition. So they basically let anybody who's represented in Los Angeles uh, have a crack at it, which means that could be 600 auditions for one part. So it's hardly being called in for that initial you know, audition for the pilot. No, but but I know it was a weird audition because I've I've talked to like you know Christina Puccelli and and Nika Futterman and they they said it was like a weird audition because like they were just like it was in and out like you were just like in you did you did like whatever you auditioned for whoever and you just went out like that was it. So that would be the callbacks probably the initial audition you just do from home yeah, in your home studio. I think, I think that was the callbacks. I think it was. Yeah, no, yeah. But... Callbacks is is um yeah always. Whenever I've been called back for a major network thing, there's so much anticipation for it because you're so excited. Like, this could be my big break. This is the time that I get a lead on a on a Nick show. You know, I'll change my life. And the audition is so short because they're like, hi, welcome. Read it. Thank you. Goodbye. And you're like, did I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, there were – because I'm, I'm just – again, I, I love, like, piecing together, like, of what happened because, you know, I was – well, I mean – when I say I'm still a fan of that show, I mean, the first three seasons are good, but, like, you know, recent seasons have kind of gone down a, gone down the shitter, but that's just my opinion. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I'm interested in, in, in learning all the behind-the-scenes stuff I can about these shows. Oh, it's so cause... <laughs> fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think everybody wants a little peek at how the entertainment they love so much gets created, and the audition process is kind of like what's going on back there even to those of us who are auditioning we don't we we don't know what they're saying how they're picking yeah and, and, and it, it makes such a difference to and, us and it's interesting because like most of the stuff you listen to like that come that come out and like that, like shows that that come out recently or like a year from now they were probably recorded like years ago but they never got like picked up until recently and and it's, it's just so weird cuz most well, of... you know, we are successfully recording from home, even the very big shows. So probably if something's coming out now, um, it was made recently because people are working from home. And uh, sometimes people are even going into studios that have been made very safe. Well, so I mean... the animation industry hasn't slowed down the yeah. way that the on-camera industry has. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the before times, before the pandemic, before all this stuff and... And nowadays, probably everything's done on the spot, obviously. But you know, before before it was just like you you went into to an audition or or, or a group record and you recorded something and you didn't even know if that was going to be picked up or not. <laughs> They're just like, eh, you know, you just went in there, you did your job, and hopefully it gets picked up. Hopefully it goes to series. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing a pilot, that's true. You don't often know. Although every pilot that I've ever auditioned for for a major network mm, no i'm gonna take it back i was gonna say i always end up seeing them on on the schedule eventually but that's not quite true you can kind of tell which ones that they're like definitely planning on making a whole series though because they make a really big deal out of it when they're auditioning it yeah yeah <laughs> new spongebob spinoff that no one asked for <laughs> mm. uh um no um it's 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 interesting you know 
it's an interesting process because you're going in there. You don't know, like, you don't know if, if what you're working on is going to be a hit or not. Like sometimes you walk in there, you, you, you record something, you're like, yep, this is going to be a hit. And then it comes out and then barely anyone cares. <laughs> that is super true. And, um, and vice versa. You think this is just another run of the mill job and it ends up being the thing that makes your career all of a sudden you have 50,000 Twitter followers. Obviously hasn't happened to me yet because I have, I think, 2,500 Twitter followers. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, you, you really, especially on the anime side of things and the JRPG video game side of things, what, what thing is going to be the thing that the fans are just obsessed with crazy about and what seems like it should be a big deal, but goes by and nobody notices no it, it, it's kind of funny because it can either make or break it, it can make an actor's career because like a year ago like 2019 like yeah you know sissy jones is a very successful you know actress but now now she's like super over like now she's like everyone knows her as Lilith from the owl house and that that role has pretty much made her into like a, a household name because because mm-hmm. now people know who Sissy Jones is like oh what you're a dream. like you're Lilith like and it's like yep <laughs> and it's and it's crazy because like she won a BAFTA for like Firewatch and and no one cares it's like yeah whatever indie game who cares Disney series villain yes <laughs> it's so weird so weird yeah yeah well i'm really happy for her and for anybody who gets uh that kind of recognition but also the opportunity to be creative so consistently you know uh having a show running on disney channel or nickelodeon and having many seasons of it that means you get to make animation all the time as your job and that's so great well yeah but at the same time it's like you know you 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 start getting too much att- like do you ever worry about you know becoming too popular and getting like too much attention <laughs> did i tell you how many twitter followers i have <laughs> yeah but when it's is enough enough but like when is enough enough so um i could hypothesize that uh yes it would definitely be really miserable to um be too too popular where uh maybe you were being recognized all the time on the street doesn't really happen to voice actors much uh or being so popular and controversial that people are being really mean to you on social media that would be hard um and scary uh but i can't really relate because i i feel like i'm a very fortunate average joe you know fortunate that i'm able to do what i love for a living uh without having to uh, supplement it anymore but um I don't have super popularity. Yeah, no, I mean, because, like, popularity nowadays is much more different than, like, say, 10 or 10 years ago when, when it's, like, most of these voice actors only started joining Twitter or, like, most of these voice actors weren't even on Twitter. They were like, ah, Twitter, whatever. That, that's that's not never going to be a thing. But now it's, like, everyone has to have, like... It is a place to be in the VO community, that's for sure. No, yeah, because like there are like casting directors who look at Twitter followers and they think like, oh well, you know, this person has X amount of Twitter followers, they must be good. Like, you know, we it's must. It's friggin' true. Yeah. Or this, they have X amount of Twitter followers, and once they announce they're in my project, that's you know, twenty thousand, fifty thousand more people who will check out my project. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that is. It makes up. A- Big difference these days. I never used Twitter before I became a voice actor. I thought, eh, that that one's not for me. I'm not I'm not entertained by it. But boy, it is a requirement. 
because it is the place where people interact with voice actors and now people are casting stuff on there indie stuff uh you know personal projects very small video games but now it's castings move on moved on to there yeah and um and, and you just uh it's a different world it really is because like a couple you know years ago you you very rarely saw people new people breaking into the business because like in the 2000s they just like had like maybe three or four or five people who did like all the all the american cartoons and everyone else did the anime but but now it's like totally different you're starting to see more and more new faces come in i think that's great because you know mm -hmm. much much as i love the the main the main event uh LA talent, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see like a mixture of of new talent as well because it's just like it's nice to hear a lot of variety. <laughs> yeah. Um, I you know it's there's both it's fun to hear a familiar voice, but sometimes it feels like you're hearing that same voice again and again, which we all as actors want to avoid people feeling like they're hearing too much of us. Um, but and yeah, you're absolutely right. It is it's cool the way that. Things like your show, things like Twitter, uh, help people understand how the industry works and thus how they can work in it. And before uh, the internet, uh, it would have been really, really hard to figure out. You would have had to come to L.A. and beg people to teach you. It's oh, kind yeah. of a kind of a secret. Oh yeah, it just it still does, it still feels weird to me, like that Steve Bloom of all people offers classes and and you can, like, if you're serious about you know this business and you have enough money saved up you know sign up with this class because he's a you know he's one of the most pro pro prolific voice actors of all time and and his class covers pretty much everything that you need to know mm. have you taken it no but i mean i still get email alerts about it so there you go mm. <laughs> yeah now would be a great time to take one of those classes because they're all being offered on zoom yeah I know. and uh you don't have to be in town yeah but but I mean like you know to anyone who wants to be a voice actor now it's much easier than it was like ten years ago because ten years ago you'd be hard luck to find how to get your start and how to make a, a you know how to get get your foot in the business but nowadays it's just like so much easier so much it easier. it truly is easier and there are projects that are really well suited to people who are just starting out because making animation is easier now so. Somebody who's making a fan dub or making a small game or a small animated project, you know, they have the tools thanks to technology to just do that at their home and then cast people who were looking to start out. And before that, 10, 15 years ago, the only thing that the only people who could afford to make animation or video games were the huge, huge companies who were going to use really experienced talent. So that's another reason that it's a great time to get into it. Yeah, I mean, most people, like most most up and comers I know, started out doing like fan dubs on on YouTube and and all the mm -hmm. and, and like you know flash animations. But you know, they got you know they were serious about it. They got their name out there. You know, they got noticed, and you know they're they moved on to anime and that and they moved on to like indie games and then as 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 uh, as time goes on, you know, they climb up the they climb up that ladder and. You know, get get bigger and bigger projects down the road, and mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> yeah, you got a really good sense of the the progression and how much patience and hard work it takes. Yeah, well, you kind of have to. <laughs> you kind of you kind of have to because nothing in this life comes easy. I don't think. Um... No, that's true. But if you really want something and you put your energy and your money in this case towards it, you can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, 
it's a really wonderful thing how much uh how much uh how much passion can get you you know like never give up on your dreams like the worst thing you can do is give up or or maybe like you know sometimes you like most of the times you think like you're gonna be be doing something uh specific but then life comes around comes along and says you know throws you a curveball and then you end up you know going on a different path and that's that's also wonderful because you don't right yeah there's i i am not where i thought i would be i um had so much passion and drive uh to be a broadway star and i i put everything i had into it for for my whole youth and uh young adulthood and then and then things changed and here i am as a voice actor nowhere near broadway completely completely gave up on that but that's not a bad thing it was a shift that i never expected and i went with it and um and it was exactly the right the right way for things to go and and what is it about like voiceover that appeals to you like what is it about it that that makes you want to say okay i want to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> well i get to act which is all i've ever wanted to do is act and i get to play all sorts of characters that i never would have been able to play if i was only working on stage or on camera, even though I still love working on stage and on camera, um, nowhere are they going to cast me as a little boy or a, a a really old witch or a robot, maybe a robot. But, you know, you get to play crazy characters that are so beyond anything that they could create in real life, but they can create it in animation. Uh, at, on, from a really practical standpoint, Theater does not pay very well. TV film, that's one thing. But theater, which is what I was focused on, does not pay that well. And uh, I, I have a lot more financial stability as a voice actor, which I really like. Um, uh, at least in Los Angeles, I was, you know, when you do a show, you do it basically for free when you do a musical. So um, that wasn't very sustainable. Uh, and I love, I love, I've always loved animation. And uh, to, to be uh, working towards... You know, my real goal is a, a Western animated TV show or movie like the things we've talked about today to be a like a really big character on one of those would be such a dream. So uh, those are the things that that keep me here, that keep me so fed and happy as a voice actor. I mean, you never know. I mean, a lot of people like started out doing anime and, and eventually they moved on to to Western shows. And, you know, there's like a lot of variety for the for these shows and. Oh, I'm getting there, but it's a process, you know, just like somebody else is like, oh, I'm, you know, I've been doing fan dubs, but I really want to do my first anime. Um, uh, I'm, I'm somewhere else on that journey, but it's, you know, it's a journey for all of us. We're all just a different, different places on it. So, uh, I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I, that's what I love about this business as well as like every person you talk to does not have the same story. Like everyone came in from a different, uh, from a different path and you know they found their way through it through it in the different it's a mm -hmm. it's a it's a wonderful journey is what i'm saying <laughs> like everyone has their own story everyone's a character in their own story and you know some make it some don't and that's fine but if you know... uh so abdullah it's been about yeah. an hour yeah yeah so i have to uh <laughs> get do some other things this evening uh, yeah so we can wrap it up however you'd like to yeah um, just plug your social media and we'll, we'll get out of here. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. So on Twitter, I am Reba Burr on Instagram. I am Reba dot Burr. And those are 
my socials. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. And um, hopefully we'll, this has been fun. We should do this again sometime. Thank you very much for finding me, Abdullah. <laughs> and uh, it was it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.